the tradition that I love for me about Thanksgiving, it signals the beginning of eggnog season. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. What do you add with the eggnog? Anything uh, to spice it up? Oh, of course. Uh, whiskey and rum. This is my new favorite food item during Thanksgiving. You got to try it, man. <laughs> eggnog with whiskey and rum. <laughs> and rum. I haven't even tried it yet, but it's my favorite. <laughs> Welcome to episode 34 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a pint or whatever beverage you might prefer. You can watch us live Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern at pubtheology.com slash ptlive or on our YouTube channel. And you can listen anytime on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Tonight's episode is brought to you by our official sponsor, Craft Beer Cellar. Craft Beer Cellar is a craft beer shop whose primary focus is amazing beer, education, and hospitality. In addition to great beer and education, they promise that you'll always have an awesome experience at any Craft Beer Cellar. Visit craftbeercellar.com for a location near you, and that's Cellar, C-E-L-L-A-R. You can win free beer from Craft Beer Cellar by joining our conversation right now at Twitter following at pub theology and using hashtag pt live um, you can also reach us on facebook comment at face, facebook.com pub theology um, comment now for your chance to read comment now for your chance to win free beer um, and also you can come out comment throughout the um, month as well and we would still consider it for the contest which i think we're calling tonight right yes and that was a very smooth read by the way Good, good thing you looked at it ahead of time. <laughs> and, I did! <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Good thing. Just, just carry on. <laughs> oh, we love you. We love you. Um, and thrilled uh, thrilled to announce a new sponsor for the holidays. Um, if you remember back in episode 31, we had a, a real fun encounter when Brian shared he discovered um, a, a clerical clothing outfit called Casual Priest out of sweden um we we first had a nice hearty laugh about it and then we realized you know what? this is actually a good uh company and i reached out to them they listened to the episode they had a good time with it thank god they can laugh at themselves as uh and now they are um gonna be sponsoring us for a few episodes so uh if you are a member of clergy listening to this podcast or you know someone who's um, a member of clergy and they want some nice new swanky clerical outfits we're still waiting for brian to post a picture of him rocking his uh casual priest top um coming soon can, what's that coming soon <laughs> coming coming soon fingers across and all that good stuff um holding our breath for that one um you uh you now have uh, an opportunity to win they're going to be raffling off some items uh um, it's going to be uh, one of the tops for men, the Adam or the Noah, or for the women, the Eve and the Leah. You got your choices and also a casual priest bag. So those are three items they're going to be raffling off. Uh, here's how you can get in on that raffle. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page. That's casual priest by Maria Sodin. I think that's her last name. I meant to look up the correct pronunciation on that. And so you go to their social media page, enter, uh, write a comment um, of your favorite top, whatever, whatever piece of clothing that you like, jewelry, anything. Um, just write a comment and um, you have to use the hashtag PT Live when you write that comment on their Facebook page or on their Instagram feed. And uh, after our final show for 2016, which will be on December 13th, um, they're gonna they're gonna pick a winner, pick three winners, and they will reach out to you. So that's Casual Priest, a high quality collection of functional and comfortable clerical garments for the new generation of priest ministers and deacons. Go to casualpriest.com, check out the clothes that they have, 
see which one you like, post it on their page, use our hashtag PTLive, and you will be entered to win this raffle. So welcome, welcome, Casual Priest, to uh, um, Pop Theology. I have a question. Yes. So you said the styles for men were Noah and Adam. Yes. And the female was Eve. And did you say Leia as in Princess Leia? No, uh, the, the, no, there was, there is a, there is a Bible character. Her name is Leah. Yes. It's, I thought it was just Lee. L-E-A-H. No. That's Lee. L-E, what? L-E-A. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> We're the trained clergy, not you. We got this. <laughs> we, got, we got the Bible names. It was Leah and her sister, Rachel. Am I not wrong? Am I wrong about this, Brian? We, no. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. It, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's, was, you, was it could go either way. Don't mix your mythologies, Bible and Star Wars. Keep your mythologies <laughs> separate. Pumped for our new sponsor, Casual Priest. And I have to say, I did wear my new Casual Priest top uh, to my Sunday service. And I think it went over fine. It was simple, timeless, confident. Yes. Just like you, Brian. Just like you. Absolutely. Well, tonight on our episode, we discuss how to get through and maybe even enjoy Thanksgiving particularly when there are challenging relationships or maybe there's tension around issues such as religion and politics. Imagine that. So we'll try to have a little bit of a go-to guide as best we can. We'll maybe discuss some of our favorite Thanksgiving foods and or traditions, whether gratitude is something that just happens spontaneously or is that something that can be intentionally cultivated. And we may get into something little heavier like patriarchy and whether or not human beings are inherently sinful. So a lot on our plate, but hey, it's Thanksgiving week. But um boom. My name is Brian Burkoff. I am a pastor in Holland, Michigan of Holland UCC and the author of the book Pub Theology. And tonight I am drinking a Perrin Brewing Company Blackberry IPA brewed about an hour north of me here in Comstock Park, Michigan. Thanks. And with us, as always, we have Ogan Holder and Tina Simmons. Welcome, guys. Ogan, what you drinking tonight? Well, you're going to love this. I, I'm also drinking a can. I'm also waiting to pop it open like you do. I want to be fancy like Brian. There Ooh. we go. And I'm also drinking Blackberry. This is Riverwalk uh, Brewing ah. Company. Black Get Bear. out. Porter. I kid you not. Get out. Get out. How do we both do Blackberry? We didn't even plan this. We did not. We did not one mind, my friend. One mind. Uh, Riverwalk Brewing Company uh, here in Newburyport, Massachusetts, where I am. I am uh, currently residing, and I am the minister of Unity on the River uh, here in Amesbury, Mass. And yeah, Blackberry. All right, Tina. We're going sure. for the trifecta. Are you doing Blackberry? No, but are you gonna are you gonna pour that into a frozen mug too? No, I'm drinking from the can. Mine no, but like I did. Perfect. I did have blackberry mimosas on Sunday. <laughs> that uh, not really counting, but okay, whatever, dude. I'm that drinking counts. wine. It counts, but they were de they were delicious. Oh yeah, I was with Tina this weekend. I went to visit Tina and Will in in Portland, and yes, yeah, Sunday we shared some mimosas. Blackberry fun. mimosa, mango mimosa, pineapple mimosa, orange mimosa. I think we yeah. covered all the guava. Um, while we got to watch the Seahawks spank the Eagles, bonus. Um, I'm exactly. drinking. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying, and, and welcome, Tina. Oh, <laughs> I'm here. Um, Tina, Tina Simmons here. I'm the lay person on the show. Um, and I'm drinking, it's a Mary Hill, which is a local winery. It's a 2007 Proprietors Reserve Cabernet. It's right there. That's my label. And um, since I only have two more weeks to do it, um, I have my uh, Kickstarter campaign still going on. If anyone wants to check it out, it's uh, kickstarter.com, um, search word Zandrail, Z-A-N-D-R-A-E-L. And it's a pretty cool book. Watch the video and you'll see for yourself. Yes, it is. And I like I liked how you threw in that piece about the uh, Seahawks and the Eagles Yet, when we talk about sports on this thing, you are like the first person to bail from the conversation. I'm just that's because you talk about baseball and basketball. Uh oh, so football is the only sport worthy of conversation and hockey. Oh dear, all right. <laughs> well, well, I know. will note that uh, 
last week's post show with Derek, uh, as soon as we started talking football, she's like, I'm out of here. Yeah, I noticed. Dude, no, I noticed. wait a second. You guys were on for like another 20 minutes talking about it. <laughs> I, I know Fair enough. that too. Fair All enough. Right. Fair enough. All right. So uh, it is Thanksgiving week. Uh, do you have a favorite food item during a traditional Thanksgiving dinner? Mm. So it's interesting because being being a foreigner from another country, Thanksgiving is um, still a bit of a, I don't want to say a novelty, but it's still like not an inherent part of my family experience per se. Um, so I'm, I'm realizing that I don't have as much as an attachment to it. Case in point, like my daughter and I are spending Thanksgiving in two different places. Um, she's not actually with blood relatives. She's with, I would say, more more family of choice. Um, you know, some good family friends of ours. I'm going to be here with some other friends. We're, we're both having a Friendsgiving um, experience. Um, so, so for me, Thanksgiving is uh, still a little bit of a growing on me after, believe it or not, like 20 years, you'd think I'd be good with it right now. But, um, but when it comes to the food, um, um, for me, it's all about the turkey stuffing. Um, I usually make, um, in a, a really nice, um, sausage, um, and rosemary stuffing and, um, it helps, you know, you got to cook it in with the bird. People who cook their stuff in separately, um, I don't know what that's about. You got to cook it in the bird, help keep the bird moist, um, you know, keep it contained. So, yeah, that's, but the, the tradition that I love for me about Thanksgiving is for me, it signals the beginning of eggnog season. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. I, I make myself wait till Thanksgiving before I start down in the eggnog. Bring on the eggnog wars. <laughs> yeah. I, and now, what do you what do you add with the eggnog? Anything uh, to spice it up? Oh, of course, uh, um, whiskey and rum. Oh, really? Whoa. Yeah. The whiskey. Hey, oh, the I might bite. have to try this. Yeah. The Is whiskey. that a Barbados thing, or just uh, an Ogun thing? Um, I'd say yes to both. I don't know. Um, the 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 rum. Now, is what kind? Yeah. What kind of rum? Um, well, usually white rum to, um, so it doesn't get too discolored. Um, but yeah. the whisk, so the whiskey gives it a little bit of a bite, but the rum kind of gives it more of a sweeter, uh, sweeter flavor, um, if you will. Cause for me, whiskey's not the, the flavor of whiskey hasn't grown on me yet. Um, I'm, I'm working my way into whiskeys, but rums, I'm all about rum. So whiskey, rum, boom, you're good. This is my new favorite food item during Thanksgiving. You got to try it, man. <laughs> Eggnog with whiskey and rum. <laughs> and rum. I haven't even tried it yet, but it's my favorite. <laughs> what about you, Tina? Any uh, favorite uh, favorite dish or favorite part of the meal? Yeah. Um, Ogan had me at stuffing as at other parts of the country. It's known as dressing. Um, but I totally disagree with about, about the whole, you never heard that before? Maybe it's a Southern no, thing. I lived not, in Virginia not, for a while. It is not dressing. <laughs> That's, that's what they call it. Anyhow, um, wow. I disagree about the bird thing. I think it gets soggy and gross in there. So I, and, and dude, meditarian adding sausage to stuffing. I oh, can't say that. One of my, my favorite stuffing is oyster stuffing. My grandma used to make, but yeah, stuffing. I've heard of this. I've heard of this. Yeah. Very good. That's, that sounds slimy to me. Oh, it's, de it's <laughs> delicious. It is so delicious. And Ogan, I can't believe you are not all over a holiday that has everything to do with food. Well, I didn't say I didn't enjoy it. I mean, for me, for me, the it. I don't know if this is an American thing, but for me, that's the only thing it has any meaning to me. Really, is is the food, not not that I'm not in the spirit of gratitude around the holiday, but I guess for me, the the historical context around it is totally lost on me because you know, not my history per se, um, and I would say that. Um, the family get-togethers before, which is leading into our next questions. Um, when when here in the U.S., most of the Thanksgiving were spent with Jennifer's family, and the only way we would make it through three days is not to talk about politics, not to talk about religion, and not to, oh, talk, about, into that. And not to talk about parenting. As long as we didn't talk <laughs> about those three things, we got along fine. Didn't make for a lot of long conversation. 
We're going to get into that soon. But Brian, what about you? What about the food? Man, I kind of like all of it, which is a bit of a cop out. But, you know, it's just like the potatoes are better on Thanksgiving. The green beans are better. The turkey's better. We don't usually have cranberry sauce except at <laughs> Thanksgiving. So that feels, you know. How do you not have cranberry? No, no, we do. I'm saying that that's like the one time when we do oh. cranberry, you know, is Thanksgiving. I don't know why, you know, it's like sacrilegious to do it if it's not Thanksgiving. Wait, do y'all do it? Do y'all do the can, the cranberry at the can? I think we have a couple options usually. There's uh, the can, but then there's also more of a homemade sauce. We live, in fresh, we live in fresh cranberry country now, so we, we have fresh cranberries that we picked up a couple weekends ago. I bet. Usually, usually I've gotten, this might be the first year that I don't, um, usually we get our stuff, our cranberry from Whole Foods, because they do a nice cranberry sauce, like with, like Tina saying, real cranberries all cooked up and stuff in there. Um, yeah. I used to think the canned stuff was good until I had like real fresh made cranberry sauce. And then it's like, I can't, I can't handle that can. Nastiness oh, but that, that canned cranberry, that, that jelly is coming out of that's That's childhood to me. <laughs> oh, so uh, my wife says we're bringing a green bean, green casserole. bean casserole. And it's got like the, you know, the. Onions. Onions. Yeah. 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 That's yeah crispy onions that, that's good stuff good that's stuff good stuff sweet potatoes yeah i gotta have some oh pie absolutely something yeah i'm absolutely. getting hungry thanks so what's 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 the favorite pie when it comes to thanksgiving sweet potato that's a southern answer mm. well jennifer's family was from the south that's that's my experience of thanksgiving <laughs> southern cooking there you go and uh, there you but go. Sweet I, potato I, pie I, with fresh whipped cream not the stuff in the can that you spray not cool whip no god no 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 talk about sin no you know you gotta you gotta whip that sucker with the mixer and get it get it fresh that's that's what it's all about all right what about you uh tina <clears throat> um nothing beats my mom's apple pie uh pumpkin pie so punk, my mom's pumpkin pie was always the best well yeah that's good too yeah, I'm going to go pumpkin pie also. Maybe that's what I meant. I got my colors mixed up. I don't know. No, no. There's, they're they're there's similar in color too, though. That's what I'm saying. Maybe mint pumpkin pie, but I said sweet potato. <laughs> sweet potato pie is a thing. It is a thing. All right. Got me all hungry now. I have trouble concentrating. So a friend shared an experience uh, he had on a Thanksgiving in Alaska where he said they actually started with the pie. And they would have pie like midday, like just lots of pie. And then they'd play games all afternoon while the meal was sort of, you know, being cooked and prepared. And then they'd have Thanksgiving dinner in the evening. I like that. And so it was like pie and hanging out and games and then the meal at night. I thought ah, that's kind of a cool take on Thanksgiving. I, like I, could, I could get into that. Yeah. In, in the Ayurvedic tradition, they tell you to eat your dessert first, to eat the meal backwards. So eat your dessert first, the main core second, and your salad last because the roughage of the salad actually helps move the food along. So it's um, the digestion is better. And mm. yeah, so dessert first. Ooh. Ooh, I think my kids would get into that, but they just stop with the first course. Full, <laughs> <laughs> we're full. But you don't get sec you don't get second helpings of the first course if it's dessert. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so uh, listeners want to know, I might want to know, how do you navigate the holidays when it comes to um, touchy topics, let's say? It could be religion and politics. It could be a family issue. Um, it just could be, you know, there often is tension in family situations and you don't see each other uh, perhaps all the time, but the holidays bring people together sometimes whether they like it or not. So do you guys have any experiences with this? Any recommendations for our listeners? I'm, I'm going to assume that when Tina held up her bottle of wine, <laughs> your questions, she was given her answer. 
it helps. <laughs> I'm just saying. It helps. Well, as as the person that has vastly different religious and political beliefs as the rest of my family, um, I stay quiet. Um, we used to have you know Thanksgiving or family meals at my mom's house, and um, I, I would separate myself. I would uh, I'd either go play with the kids, um, you know, I'd end up coloring with the kids or playing with them, or I'd go down and walk by the creek um, for a little bit and then come back just to you know just to keep my sanity. Yeah, so no no when to engage or when to disengage or divert yourself. That's good. Well, I think engaging you end up with what you do on Facebook, you know, like you're arguing, everybody's talking and nobody's listening. Um so, you know, I don't I don't think there's any point in engaging when people are very strongly opinionated and heated about something. They're not listening I, to you anyhow. I I think that uh, well, that's true, but I think that depends on if you set the ground rules for the conversation ahead of time. Mm. So, you know, to say maybe here are the things we will or will not discuss, or if we are going to discuss these things, you know, we we make sure from the beginning we're agreeing to disagreeing. We don't, we're not yelling at each other. We're not trying to prove somebody wrong or right. I mean, you know, in this energy of gratitude as we struggle to find something we can be grateful for for the recent presidential election, I mean, that could be one thing. You can be grateful that this will probably be a very, very interesting Thanksgiving get-togethers for a lot of people, more so than they wanted. Right? I mean, I think, and I think that's, I think that's true. I think these things, the holidays can be challenging anyway, but I think in an election year, it has... Particularly this election year, mm -hmm. the tensions are a little bit higher, don't you think? They're gonna, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna be high. And and I've and I've read stories of people intentionally not getting together with their maybe families of upbringing because they have different political views. And um, this this election season was particularly polarizing both before and after. Maybe right. even more so after um, the election, but I think it. I, I I think the focus can and should be on what what can you find in common to be grateful about. You know, so it's it's the presence of each other in each other's lives. Because here's the truth: even if you disagree politically or even from a religious perspective, this is your family, and for the most part, these are the people who are going to have your back when you're in a jam. These are the people who are going to come to your rescue these people are gonna help you out if your family is you know somewhat healthy um and, <laughs> and even, if the, even if people don't particularly like each other in the family they'll still you know help each other out and go to bat for them you know so yeah focus in on that focus in on maybe people in your family you know had had kids this year so focus on on the new life and expansion of family maybe uh, yeah. You've lost some people in your family this year because apparently 2016 was the year everybody was dying. So maybe, you know, it's a time where you are coming together to mourn a loss and yeah. be thankful for that person's life and the presence they had in your life. So, so yeah, find the things that you can um, get common ground on, even if it's, thank God, the election is over. If you can talk politics, that's the route you go. Thank God it's over. Thank God we don't have to go through you know, political ads and, and all of this negative campaigning for another four years, at least. Or you can engage in a healthy board game or a card game that you can fight over instead of all this other stuff. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think the diversion tactic is good. I think uh, either or both of your suggestions, finding safer topics, uh, things of mutual interest, or asking somebody about um, what's happening with them, uh, with work or school or whatever they're involved in, that's that's great safe territory usually. Um, break out the uh, break out the cards against humanity. Good time. For <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, those things have some politically uh, loaded <laughs> topics, so that might just shoot you right down the path you're hoping to avoid. 
That's true. I, you know, I did like what Ogan said, though, about um, setting ground rules in the beginning. And I think that's boundaries are something that we don't necessarily feel comfortable setting with family. But um, I think it would be a good practice, you know, to when everyone gets together, be like, you know, maybe even send out an email ahead of time. Hey, these are the things we're not going to talk about. Or these are the things that, you know, just put it out in the open, you know, instead mm. of tiptoeing around it. Yeah, have your have your have your family arguments via email and Facebook before like normal people do. Yeah, exactly. before <laughs> you get to Thanksgiving lunch. Oh man, if you you know sometimes that happens, right? And you've you already come in tense because you have been having those uh, engagements. I was going to say unhealthy engagements, but maybe they were healthy, depending on your situation. But sometimes you already engaged, and that has people even more tense, and so you come in a little bit carrying some of that baggage sure. and you're kind of ready to but what, what duke it out. Think, so what I think will eventually well, so the suggestion of, of emailing and saying, you know what, let's just let's just not address X, Y, or Z this Thanksgiving yeah. and let's let's talk about our own internal family drama and fight about that. Like everybody, every family's gonna have internal drama. So let's concentrate on that. Let's let's bring the family together around our own drama instead of the national drama. That can get ugly I think too. That's just but, as bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might be really. Oh my god! Either way, you, Brian, you got some way. good tactics for us. Well, I heard a few suggestions in my uh, pub theology group last night. One was uh, just don't get together. So that's always an option. <laughs> I think you know, just <laughs> just decide not to not to show up. That's that's an option. Um, and some, yeah, someone was sharing they haven't gotten together with family in like 10 years uh, wow. because some issue, right, that was triggered. And so I'm not suggesting that. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that. But then someone else suggested something I thought was good if topics do turn to current events. And let's say you've got Uncle Tom sitting across the table and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm so excited Trump won because it's going to mean this for healthcare and, and that makes a difference to my small business and I'm, you know, whatever. Right. And he says, try to hear, try to hear um, whatever their narrative is or whatever their pain or story is that's underneath what was the reason for them to either vote a certain way or have a certain view of how things are. Uh, and so try to concentrate on, on where they're coming from more than the outcome, which you may disagree with that, but you can't disagree with someone's uh, either, pain, either pain, fear, feelings, disposition. Yeah. Uh, so if you listen for that deeper level of what's driving them as a human being to seek hope or a difference in something, maybe that can allow you to have some empathy and not say, what are you, some white supremacist? You know, uh, no pumpkin pie for you. Wow, you just went right there, didn't you? <laughs> uh, so, so I, I mean, I, I kind of liked that. Uh, and then someone else said, no, you just got to call stuff what it is, which I just did. Uh, and, and if you're going to get into it, get into it and say, hey, I think we have some real issues and here's the way I see it. And I don't know, to me, that just feels like that's going to go poorly but yeah <laughs> could could you pass the wine tina <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh man that video you sent around was terrific where the family sitting around and they're the uh what was I it finally, the, i finally watched that today that was funny the emotionally healthy family deals with the deals with the oh no i think issues it was on the holiday it was too psychologically enlightened the the, the family that's too psychologically enlightened <laughs> there it is there it is yeah. awesome now if you get the chance brian put put that on the uh pub theology facebook page so that uh, or already done oh nice oh nice <laughs> already, already done see how much i look at that page exactly and i think it was the grandpa who's like i'm just gonna emotionally uninvolve myself and have another <laughs> and have another glass of wine or Taking cheers Tina's to, approach. Cheers to emotional detachment. That's what I said to my sister when she posted it. I'm like, cheers to emotional detachment. <laughs> but you say you think uh, people are missing a golden opportunity 
to bond with their family. I mean, if you're going to force yourselves to be in the same space, you know, try and try and get some healing around some stuff, you know. I don't know. I listen. I, I hear you, and I want to be hopeful about the possibility to have conversations on some of the things where there's difference of opinion, tension, and all of that. Uh, I think it kind of depends on your setting, your history with your relationships, people's emotional capacity to discuss those kinds of issues. Uh, I've experienced it at times go okay and at other times go completely wrong. And I think it kind of depends on where people are. If they're doing well and feeling positive, then maybe they're willing to engage and and have a higher buffer for a higher tolerance for difference. But if they're feeling kind of tense or if they're feeling close to the surface, you might just be lighting a fuse that's ready to go and it may not be the best, best course of action. It is true. I I tell you what, um, living living 2,300 miles from my family and just losing my mom this summer, I think I would be a lot more tolerant of um, the different opinions of my family. Um, Saying that, it's because I know I can go back to the other coast. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that says something too, you know, if it's the people you have to see every day and, you know, you're dealing with that constant um, battle all the time, I think it's a little different too. Good point. Good point. Yeah, if it's a rare time to connect maybe you kind of feel like let's just make it enjoyable and let's Mm -hmm. catch up and be nice humans to each other and let's not ruin you know the few hours or the couple days we have being being gratitude like you know the whole um occasion suggests what what do we have to can we find to give thanks for and don't do it in the antagon and antagonistic way. <laughs> I was just gonna say, you know, <laughs> I'm thankful you kept your mouth shut about that last comment. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Not 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 like that. Like genuine genuine heartfelt gratitude. Um, you know, uh, this this question that you have here about if it happens naturally, spontaneously, or you can cultivate it. Absolutely, I believe you can cultivate an attitude of, of, of gratitude. I think gratitude, like any other thing is a choice that we make. It's not, it's not an emotion that I think is necessarily ruled by, you know, the endorphins in our brain. I think we, mm. we choose to be grateful um, for something or we choose not to be grateful that gratefulness is a choice. And I think we can cultivate it so that it becomes almost a default way of being that whatever situation we're in, we can, we can find the place of gratitude, knowing that, that, that whether it's good or bad, this, this thing I'm in, this situation I'm in, this family I'm in, this, you know, pre-apocalypse country I'm in because Trump won, whatever it is that we want to say, um, that, that there's always going to be something in here that we can be grateful for um so you know so for example not not to go back to politics but you know i saw a lot of uh, you haven't left it ogan who said (laughs) thank you for pointing that out you know bottoms up who said the you know one of the one of the uh i guess the positives if there's if we can frame it that way about this election and the people who who've come out to support Trump, whether he agrees with them or not officially, you know, the, uh, the, 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 what do you call it? The alt-right folks, the, the neo-racist, all these folks is, yeah. is you know, the white thought, supremacists, right? The thought of, Oh, look, these race, this, this strain of racism that many minorities said had been existed all along that people are like, no, you guys are just over-exaggerating are like, oh, wait, no, they were right. You know, if you saw the Saturday Night Live sketch with, uh, with Chris, <laughs> Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, when, people, when, 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 you know, the white young liberals were freaking out that Trump was winning and all the things that were happening, they're like, you're not telling us anything we don't already. So in many ways, now it's out in the open. It's visible. We know this is part of who we are as a nation. And now right. we're at choice point. Are we going to say, hey... We're gonna let these folks who have their day, or are we gonna say no as a as a country? This is this is not who we are, and and now that we, 
that this has been exposed and made visible and public, we can choose to do some healing around it. And again, it's a choice. We may choose not to, but I think it's, I think we don't, we can't no longer say this doesn't exist. Oh, this is who the we cards are. are on the table. Yeah, this is who we are. Or it wouldn't be happening. I mean, we can all deny that, but this is who we are. It's, this is who some of us it's, are. Now it's Let's who do we want this, to be. This is who some of us are. This is not who. Well, if you're going to talk about us as a joint country, this is who mm -hmm. we are. All together, good and bad. Who do we want to be? Right. Okay. I was going to say the cards are on the table, and it appears the cards are against humanity. <laughs> that was a good one. Well I like played, that. Well played. Well played. Okay. Okay. Well, well All right. Played. Back on topic. What were we talking about, anyhow? Well, we were talking about gratitude, right? So, so there's a way to. So, some some families will have you know the tradition where everybody goes around and says something they're grateful for, right? And so you could keep that very positive, very, could be specific, but it could be volatile too, because you could say, oh, I'm super grateful that, you know, Steve Bannon is the new chief strategist of the White House. Or I'm, you know, you could you could say something volatile and sort of under And that's where, the ground, that's, where the, yeah. Yeah, that's where the ground rules come in. Let's share what we're grateful for, <laughs> yeah. not, not include in politics. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So yeah. you noted that it's something that's not necessarily just spontaneous or uncontrollable like an emotion, but that you can cultivate gratitude. Wondering mm -hmm. if either of you have uh, practices you suggest that help you do that. Um, yes. Yes, I do. Um, so one of those practices is a daily gratitude list. Um, we used to do this as a family a few years ago, every morning around breakfast, because the way our our daily schedules went, it we we for a while we were struggling to make dinner happen because we were like, as a family, we gonna have dinner together. That just wasn't happening. But we realized everybody's in the house in the morning, so you know, almost every morning we would have breakfast. It was our family meal together, and at breakfast, we would each go around and share five things we were grateful for, round robin style. Everybody takes a turn. <laughs> And we would write these things down. So we would have a gratitude uh, journal. And it kind of forced us to start our day with that sense of let's look for things to be grateful for so we can add them to the list the next morning. Um, so, so that was one practice. Um, and, and I think another one is conversely at the end of the day to reflect on your day through journaling or just by yourself. You know, what are, what are three things I can be grateful for today? Um, at my church, this is how we end every staff meeting. We go around and we each share three things that we are grateful for. One of those things has to be an expression of gratitude towards another staff member for something they did during uh, the week or some interaction you had. Nice. So, so yeah, it's got to be an intentional uh, practice. Um, some other things include sending thank yous to people for something, you know, I don't do this because I don't want to work that hard, but, you know, sending thank you cards, thank you notes, thank you emails, you know, revive that tradition of hand, handwritten thank you notes. I hear it works wonders, I, you know. Yeah. I, I actually send out one one or two cards every week, and um, it does. It's, it's you know, every, everybody's grateful when you just kind of reach out to them out of the blue. And they're not necessarily thank you cards, but it's just, hey, I was thinking of you, you know. Yeah, that's huge. But um, I'm, I'm with Ogan. Will and I actually, we do accountability. Um, so we like, we kind of set our goals for the day, set our intentions. Um, we say what we accomplished the day before, and then we do five things we're grateful for. And I really like starting my day out like that because um, John Gordon says, a lot of people, you know, a lot of the speakers say this, but John Gordon is the first one I remember hearing it from, is that you can't think positively and negatively at the same time. So if you... If you're focusing, you know, if you're getting your brain to think about the positive, and I think this is what Ogan was talking about too, that it's not just like innate in you. Like if you train your brain to switch to the positive, that's, you know, it can keep going on that train. So I think it's a good thing to do in the morning. I love that you guys did it as a family around breakfast because um, it's, it's a healthy practice to get your day started off in a positive manner. Just feeds think, the rest of the I think we can think positive and negatively at the same time. Like, ooh, this stuffing is delicious, but the turkey's a little dry. Like, you know, 
You're not uh, thinking that at the same time, though. It's two congruent thoughts. Yeah. Well, when I put it in my mouth, I'm thinking it at the same time. What are you talking about? Okay. I'm just saying. We, we, we are complex human beings. We can have conflicting thoughts at the same time, and they both be true. You can have conflicting thoughts that follow each other. Why can't they be at the same time? Because you can only have one thought at the same time, even if it's a split second. You've never been in my head, so you don't know what you're talking about. Dear God, thank I, I thank God every day for that. <laughs> See, gratitude. <laughs> Next how episode, you? how many thoughts can you juggle at once? This uh, is going to be good. It's going to be good. We're going to do a whole show where we try to simul thought at the same time. Brian, what do you, what do, you do to so, stay in a space of gratitude? Yeah, I think similar to what you guys have said, try to be intentionally thoughtful. Uh, and I think I do that personally, not by writing stuff out necessarily, but um, just during times of um, prayer, meditation, walking, uh, try to, if I'm feeling stressed or feeling like, boy, I wish life was this way, try to scale out and say, but what are, how is it? And, and what are all the good things inherent in that and live into those things. And, um, and then with our family, uh, occasionally instead of a prayer at dinner, we'll do around the table and, um, share what we're grateful for that day. Nice. Um, so I think things like that can, can help, uh, yeah, help with the gratitude and it's a really, it's a really useful parenting tool for when your kids are like getting on your last nerve to be in that place of what can I find to be grateful for about this little tyrant right now so that I don't <laughs> find yeah and it's fun to hear the things they say sometimes too you know just oh, yeah. like simple little things uh, you know the slide at recess or something and that's like oh yeah that life can be that simple and that good yeah because mm -hmm. we we wish half the time we could take a break from our day and go slide <laughs> exactly go to playground at your churches oh, man. well we're working yes. on it actually we're working on it might have one up might have one up soon but yeah we're work, we're working on it sweet ogan's gonna give a sermon from the top of the slide you know, we have, listen, so so we have this year, we, we have this tract of land. Our church is called Unity on the River because it literally, we're in a strip mall, but it literally backs up to a river. And there's a strip of land there that the church has owned for as long as it's been there. And it's only this year that we started turning that into a, a garden, a meditation garden. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, so um, we've completed like phase one and you know we're putting it to bed for the winter um and we are going to finish it next year and trust me there will be some outdoor talks especially when it's the dedication ceremony I i'm gonna i'm gonna be out there it's gonna it's gonna be very it's gonna be very jesusy i'm gonna be down on the bank closer to the river exactly all around me oh yeah it's gonna it's gonna be good you're gonna be <laughs> barefoot with the birkenstocks you have the beard going long yeah no the beard <laughs> the beard's the beard's going the beard's going at the end of the month no this He's is gonna be this, wearing flowing white this is November. i might get some robes that's a good idea uh, you might just walk into that river and the whole congregation is gonna follow you walk in walk across my friend <laughs> oh my goodness walk place the stones well <laughs> <laughs> oh and he disappeared through their midst. Uh, exactly. <laughs> all right. So do we feel like hitting on this uh, topic of patriarchy or human uh, human nature being inherently sinful? Are they kind of both the same thing? Patriarchy. They're related. Well, they're they related. One's a little like... more <laughs> one's a little more precise. <laughs> well, I was uh, you know, it's I think the patriarchy might be a good good thing to talk about because as far as we've come and evolved as a society, that's still a very inherent part in, in how we operate. And, you know, and it shows up in our modern society in, in like ridiculous ways, you know, men making more for the same job than a woman does. Um, or, or women, like in this country especially, you know, we, we're the only, as far as I think I got this right, we're like the only quote unquote first world country that doesn't get paid medical leave as default 
to to women like for maternity leave yeah but as 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 a federally mandated thing you know you, if you're lucky you'll you'll find a job where that happens when i worked for uh, a public school system my very first job at a college i worked for a public school system in maryland and they had paid maternity and or paternity leave so you know jennifer and i worked for two different school systems she was able to take maternity leave i was able to take paternity leave you know which was pretty cool but again that's that's just that organization it's not something that's mandated uh by the government so uh, you know it, it was really interesting to hear as usual so much uh political rhetoric from both sides about how great this country is and how advanced we are and you know we're like the number one nation in the world and i'm like has anyone looked at any statistics stats research to show that we are not number one in so many things one of them primarily being how we treat the women in this country and we still seem to have this patriarchy going on um whether it's overt or not it's 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 still there and and i'm 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 you know, embarrassed to say part of that is very connected to to religion and the Bible and, and the message that, that they believe is attached to that. Yeah. So this quote we have is from a woman who describes herself as an evangelical and a feminist, uh, Jory Micah. And the quote says, patriarchy is always about overpowering and overprotecting women and girls it's never healthy, good, or balanced. It's always about ownership. It's never of the spirit. It's always of the flesh. So let's I hear, think let's hear from the woman on the show. Wow, Ogan, I think that's the first time I've ever heard you say that. Oh, oh, I've called you a woman before. Maybe not, uh, about this, but you know, I've uh, I I still have the stance that if we valued the gifts of women, if we valued the gifts of the feminine in this country, we would not be going through what we're going through right now. If, if you know the the equality everything, if we valued the gifts of the heart, none of this would be happening. We would have a balanced society. Balanced societies depend on valuing women and treating them not as equals but their gifts as equals to the gifts of men. And that's not happening. Um, and I, with, with the quote and what she says, yeah, um, I, I don't think masculinity <laughs> is the same thing as, as a patriarchy. So, you know, like a patriarchy is um, <laughs> male dominant. Anytime you have right. dominance, that's exactly what it is. She's right. You know, patriarchy is male dominance. Dominance and diminishment of the other. You can't have dominance without the diminishment of somebody else. Right. Yeah. Right. So you said uh, not necessarily equal, but the gifts equal. What do you mean by not necessarily equal? Well, I shouldn't say equal, but um, not necessarily the same. Like I, you know, you yeah, hear okay. guys say, "Oh, well, if, you know, women want to be the same, then they should be out on the front line in the army." And blah blah blah. Um, that's that's not valuing the gifts of women. That's that's just saying, "Oh, if women want to be like us." They have to do exactly what we do. Right, right, right. It, and yeah. let's be Think, clear, though. But then, in, in that example that you just gave, it's it's mostly it's the men not letting the women be on the front line. They're women who volunteer to be on the front line. So again, that's where that patriarchy piece comes in, where, like you say, the men in control and who are dominant believe that they know what's best. You know, which again blows my mind when it comes to like like healthcare issues and decisions around around all the facets of of healthcare um as it pertains to women in this country that it's mostly again the men making the decisions and i'm like you, you know if it if it if it was about my penis care i don't want a room full of women making that decision those decisions probably have better results um <laughs> that might but, be true too <laughs> the other the other half of this is men are hurting themselves i mean how many yeah. how many boys grow up thinking it's not okay to cry how yeah. many boys like i was talking to a woman this today i was hanging out with my friend and 
her husband has diabetes and he has circulation issues and his insurance will pay for him to go get a pedicure every nine weeks because it'll help the circulation in his legs and it's women it only women do that he refuses to do it so men hurt themselves because they're not getting that relaxation that you know openness that they're allowed to speak from their heart and be a little more open you know maybe you guys are a little different because you you know you're surrounded by different people, but I, I, I love me a good pedicure. I can remember the last day I had a good pedicure, man. Mm. I know, and I, I know you're okay with crying too, Ogan. It's but but we have a very masculine rule in this country for a lot of guys that are not brought up that way, are not allowed to do that, and that's why they get so overly aggressive because they have no other outlet for their emotions. And I think that's beginning to shift, though. I, I think in so many ways, um, there there are a lot of um, there's a lot of literature and blogs and websites out there that um, are shifting and and um, asking men to be a little more mindful about that and and to get in touch with that side of them and to invite them to realize it doesn't make them appear weaker. It actually makes them stronger um, in the long run because they're not coming from a place of seeking to dominate or stuff down and then. Uh, later explode but i think i think um another piece patriarchy is about fear patriarchy is about fear of loss of control mm -hmm. i think also we've created a binary where it's one or the other as you know it's either it's either masculine or feminine or male or female and i think you know as we're uh discovering more and more uh it's gender is much more a scale and there's overlapping qualities and um, yeah, the gender is a much more fluid reality than uh, many of us were brought up to understand or believe, yet our society still is full of systems that reflect that binary and that default and um, preference the male view and the male mm -hmm. and, um, and, and the church perspective. And the church is so responsible for that. The church is... Yeah tragically responsible for continuing to maintain that like yeah i think recently pope francis became clear he's like yeah no we not we not ordaining women to be yeah, not ever not ever you know that was decided already decision made done so what should we give it 50 years <laughs> maybe that's him softening <laughs> doesn't sound like it but, <laughs> but and, and uh, brian go i'm sorry go ahead again yeah. I, was, I was just going to say, you know, when I say the masculine and feminine, I think we, every one of us has, you know, a masculine and feminine energy to us that we sure. need to need to be able to let out. And I guess that's what I'm saying is, is guys are told they can't have that feminine side. That's right. That's right. Yep. Wait, and I think you're right. I want to play devil's advocate here and I will please remember I'm playing devil's advocate. This is not really necessarily how I think and believe. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Don't write me the emails and make the letters later. Don't stop listening because I'm saying about what I'm going to say. But um, sometimes don't be fine that when men do get in touch with that part of themselves and express that, that in it in some ways becomes a turn off to women because of that again cultural indoctrination that your man has to be, you mm -hmm. know, masculine and aggressive and him sitting here crying over something or coming to get pedicures with you or whatever does not fit into that that view of what masculinity is oh oh i totally agree with you i think women are just as responsible as men at this point because you know we've we've grown up in the same society my sister and i had this discussion the other the other day because she was like she said you know i totally agree with all this however there's times when he you know her partner's being wishy-washy and she's like just stand up and be a man and i'm like wow listen to yourself you know like listen to that that's that's we're trained to do it too. Women are just as responsible for holding that line as men are. So what would be, what would you say would be the beginning of the turnaround to, to make both genders more responsible and accountable to, um, to, to provide in a space for men to be in touch with that side of who they are? 
Um, it's just like everything else. It's, it's an awareness and just allowing them that space, um, that openness, and then to being able to process your feelings about it too. You know, and, 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 and seeing and, them for what they are, seeing your feelings right. for what they are. And role and models with, too, right? Right, right. I was going oh, yeah. to say with, the, uh, with parenting as well, you know, to, to teach our boys, it's not just okay, but healthy to be in touch with all aspects of who they are, even the traditionally assigned masculine and feminine traits that there's, there's no shame in crying. There's no, uh, yeah, there's no shame in not being in charge. Mm -hmm. And I think media choices matter too. So, you know, if you're allowed, you know, if you're intentionally only showing your sons, let's say films that are like Rambo and like only one view of male sort of aggression and power and dominance and not balancing that out with um, show, shows, movies, whatever, that, that present a more um, holistic other sides of, of, you know, softer sides or however you want to term it. Um, so basically if you're going to show them Luke and then having conversations about it. If you're going to yeah. show him Luke Cage, also show him Jessica Jones. Yeah, something like that. What's Jessica Jones? Oh, my God. That Okay, that just fell flat way over everybody's head. Never mind. I, yeah, I, he's I, a couple of Mar I don't get into the Marvel stuff as much I, as I should. I was I was oh, you people. You people. I um, just watch The Walking Dead and you'll get it all. You know, there's, there's oh, tears. There's, right? Uh, there's blood. There's, there's women there's, that kill just as much as men. Yes. Um, but Walking Dead has it all. If you want a slightly less carnage filled um, you know, thing where all these characters that you love eventually all die, um, go to go to go to Netflix, watch Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and you'll get or or, or what about the story of us? The story of us. The story of us? What oh, is this it? is us. This is us. Oh, this is oh, us. This is us. I don't know what it's called. I haven't seen it. Well, yeah. Oh, you haven't watched that yet? No. Good. Dude, get on the bandwagon, oh, man. Oh, don't get him started too again, Brian. too emotional. <laughs> Dude, no, no. Sit, listen, sit down. You and, you and Christy sit down. Watch it together. Get the tissues. Let some tears flow. Even if they don't want to fake them a little bit. Trust me. Nice. All right. It'll, 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 go, it'll go a long way. And I, I dare you to watch that first episode and not cry. You may not All cry right. a little bit later on, but that first episode, I dare you to watch it and not weep. Ooh, challenge accepted. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, when, I, when I was visiting Tina over the weekend, I spoke to my mom. Um, and... Um, when she asked me where I was and she said, well, who's home with joy? And you could tell she was ramping up to, to like, if I had said joy was home by herself, she was going to let me have it. So, you know, I lied to my mom. I did it. I'm sorry. I, you know, and you I just announced it on live radio. She ain't listening. I'm well, good. I, the word will get back. To I her. think that brings us, brings us into our, uh, Closing wisdom, I was going to say, you know, sometimes the truth is less important than the relationships. You know? so, <laughs> oh, I really uh, like that. It's so true sometimes. Right? Sometimes, sometimes, is you, sometimes you can be right, but you're wrong, you know. It's, it's better to be wrong than right sometimes I, for, I wanted for the to sake of the relationship. I wanted to disagree with you on principle, but I just kind of have no ground to stand on after just admitting I lied to my mother. Yeah, yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So I am out. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm, I'll tell her the truth at some point. We're we're due to be in Barbados uh, in the middle of January uh, for a few weeks in the warm sunshine. So while while we're there, at some point, I will let her know. Yes, my child. My child is independent enough that she can be home by herself and not burn the house down. Excellent. Well, uh, if any of you out there tuning in uh, later on this week. Uh, and you have uh, a story or a practice that you did to survive the holidays, to navigate the difficult conversations around the Thanksgiving table, you can comment on our Facebook post. Use hashtag PT Live, and you could be in the running for free beer from Craft Beer Cellar. And please comment Wait, on our new... Wait, didn't we have a winner? Did we have a winner? Oh, we did have a winner. Yeah, yeah. I, I was 
Oh, Coming around. Sorry. <laughs> Going too slow, man. Speed please it up. comment on our new our new sponsor, Casual Priest, uh, on yeah. their Instagram, Facebook, uh, and use hashtag PT Live so they know that you came from us and you may win your own new free clerical gear from Casual Priest. And we do have a winner to announce from for October. During our election insanity episode, we said, how do you survive this crazy election season? So we have all these survival episodes. You know, how do you survive election season? How do you survive the holidays? Well, in response to our question about how do you survive the election season, Mark Hembry responded and said, easy. I just turn off the TV and I tune in to some Pub Theology Live. Bravo. Congratulations, Mark. We'll get you. Flattery gets you everywhere, man. Flattery butter us up and you can win free beer just like mark we'll send you your gift card to craft beer seller well friends you can listen anytime on soundcloud stitcher or itunes you can find a pub theology pub theology conversation in your town go to pubtheology.com backslash direct and you can find a map of conversations like this happening all over the country and if you'd like to support tina's Writing and Kickstarter project, Zandrell, please follow us on Twitter. You'll have seen us retweeting her efforts. You can go right to her Kickstarter page and support that excellent project. Thanks again to our sponsors, Craft Beer Cellar and Casual Priest. And we will be back on the other side of the holidays. We are out. In response to favorite Thanksgiving uh, foods, Mike on Twitter says sweet potato casserole with brown sugar on top. Ooh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. See, I got my casseroles and pies mixed up. It's sweet potato casserole and marshmallows, and you bake it, and the marshmallows get all melty. Yeah, yeah, the marshmallows get in there. Do what? Kind of tastes like a pie then. It almost kind of does. You know, I think the the crust is the differentiator between what's a pie and a casserole. (laughs) I think you're right. Basically, a pie is a casserole cooked in a crust.